Hey, 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 welcome to episode four of Often Beats. I am your host, Clint Nelson. And in today's episode, I am going to start off with my realization of maybe I need to start caring about my self-image more and my battle with that personally. Also talk about how religion has an ironic effect of what probably God's true intention was, but we have somehow made it something that I don't think he would judge us very well on. And then I tell a little story about going commando, jogging, in uh, my parents' neighborhood when I was younger, and a story of an incident that happened there. And then, story time. I tell a story of an amazing date I went on at Chili's when I was 19 and a half years old. Can't make this shit up. And then I end this shit off today with an amazing poem, and I truly mean that. I actually think it's an amazing little poem that I performed on the spot. Wasn't ran ahead of time. Literally came up with it. And today's preview is Tonight at Chili's by Clint Nelson. We are not sponsored by Chili's, but God damn it, might as well be. Enjoy! Ooh, yeah. Man, Hit it. I love him though. I said, Where is he then? She said, Remember work? I said, Yeah, I'm here now. Should have made time for you like me. I'm here now. I see a tear streaming down your eye like Spotify. I'll apologize intently, saying I didn't mean to strike a chord. I feel you deserve someone who makes time for you a bit more. Cause if it was me, I would have quit my job to come out tonight with you as reward towards my focus and keeping you home. Forward, sharper than the sword, pointing out your beautiful imperfections like I'm John Legend. Then the waitress comes in between me and Melanie, winks at me, then hands me the bag, say thanks for coming to Chili's. Then we had a threesome. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> Often beat. With Clint. Ew. Why does Dave Matthews from the Dave Matthews Band love looking at Michael Strahan's teeth? Because the space between. Open arms, open a waiting for you. The space between In case you're wondering why I'm like mummering the lyrics, one, I don't know them that well. Not because I haven't heard the song 35 to 40 times in my life. Simply because no one can understand a goddamn thing, he says. He sounds good. He's obviously a, one of the... Probably one of the um, most staple musicians of the past 25 years. Like one of the richest bands of, you know, this generation in a sense. Um, but yeah. Welcome to episode 3 of Offenbeat. This is uh, Clint. It's... I just uh, finished watching game two of the Nuggets and the Suns. And um, I'm going to have a NBA hot take here. Yeah, remember when I said Chris Paul 
um, should be top two or three MVP. I'm not someone who likes to pat myself on the back or confirm my own uh, predictions or beliefs, but 15 assists, zero turnovers, and the last person to do it was in 2014, and guess who that guy was? Oh, yeah, it would be fucking Chris fucking Paul. I'm not saying I'm a basketball expert, but um, I feel like I have a good eye on this stuff. And if Jokic didn't even play as decent as he did tonight, uh, they probably would have lost by 50. So I also do believe Jokic should have won the MVP. And tonight kind of in a weird way showed it because when he was on the court, they were at least competent. And he played okay. He didn't play amazing, but he played good. Aaron Gordon played well, but uh, Michael Porter, uh, uh, that uh, the back... Started to catch up with him. Uh, Monte Morris didn't really spurt out. Composo's just a really fast, low center of gravity dude. Like anytime there's a five foot seven running back in the NFL, but he's like 220 pounds. It was like, oh, he has such an advantage because he has a low center of gravity. And then, but and during the dry process, they don't call it low center of gravity. They say he's small. But near here nor there. I just think uh, pubic hair, man. Um, it's a it's a weird thing that we just accept. Like I didn't ask to have this, you know, this bush of Sasquatch type of hair down there. You know, it's a weird thing we just accept. And today's sponsor is Manscaped, where you can escape your pubes, and next thing you know, you feel brand new like a baby with no lube and KY, and then uh, ketamine urine for your entertainment. Doesn't make sense at all. <sighs> yeah, today was a interesting um, day, to say the least. Not because of anything eventful. For the simple fact that I really need to probably get back to work. Um, in case anyone didn't know, not that anyone cares, but I literally took a month off of work to, you know, have some time to myself, do some shit. Starting this podcast like this wasn't even actually part of the plan. It just kind of fucking happened. My whole goal was actually to get healthy again, you know, mainly work out, get in shape, eat some broccoli, eat some eggs, you know. Cut the waist down a little bit. Gained a few LBs during uh, the past year. And by a few, I mean 62 LBs. And that's not even an exaggeration. Been a, it's, been a, it's been a rough year for the boy. Um, Now, there's reasons why I've gained weight. It's not because, you know, I'm a alcoholic or druggy or, you know, a sad, pathetic man that comes home and lays in his bed with no bed sheets. No. That's not me. But. I feel like when you lose your reasoning for doing something. It really. 
it really makes it hard to justify yourself to do it for anything but yourself. And I think I, the biggest struggle, what I've noticed that I've struggled in terms of being healthy, working out on a regular basis, lifting weights, um, showering regularly. I think the thing that... I, I think what you realize when you stop doing it, you, you start making excuses yourself about... Oh, you're just being lazy. You're not holding yourself accountable. You're being a piece of shit. You're looking like a fat slob. And all those are actually true. But I also think it's the most honest, pure form of me showing what I truly feel about that. Because maybe my whole life, I would say, when I've always exercised and worked out. I haven't always been skinny, but I've always exercised and worked out. I got in really good shape a few years ago, like for a good six, seven year period from high school. And then like till 23, then I worked out and shit, but I realized when I didn't have the reasoning, the interesting reason to work out, to impress others. And of course, is that a benefit? You feel good about yourself. You work out, you get the pump. But when you truly, like, have those moments to yourself, and you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? I absolutely hate this. Am I being a pussy? Am I being a bitch? Yeah, kind of. But also think, you have to, maybe it shows that when you slow down or when you don't have the same desire for something, it's because maybe the reasons why you did it before weren't really pure reasons. Maybe I didn't work out to feel good about myself. Maybe I didn't work out because I need to be strong and healthy. Maybe I worked out because I was afraid of being weak. And the reality is you're either going to be weak or strong. Realize there's no there's no real middle. There's no real middle. Uh there's no middle of the road. You you can't just like, you know what? I'm not going to be a strong person. But I'm also not going to be weak. No. You kind of have to pick a side. Because one thing spreads out to everything else in life. You do one thing, it's contagious. Contagious to you, contagious to people you're around. You have a shitty attitude. People you hang around will start having a shitty attitude. Or they'll just stop hanging around you. If you... If you are always eating like shit and then you hang out with people that eat like shit or... You go to places where it makes you eat like shit and makes them eat like shit. Then you all end up looking like, guess what? Shit. And that is not good shit. I think the biggest thing, my biggest takeaway that I've learned from struggling with my weight, struggling with habits, struggling mainly with honestly not caring. Like I honestly stopped caring about how I look. And that sounds good when you say it out loud, like you stop, you don't care what other people think, right? No. The worst part is I don't even care what I think. You know, not to get too real or deep here, but why have I stopped caring about what I think about myself? Am I being, am I being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Deflecting? Am I deflecting from reality? Am I avoiding reality? Or am I actually being honest? 
that maybe I genuinely do not care how I look like. I don't dress up at all. I wear the same pair of jeans. I wear the same pair of sweatpants. For the past five or six months, I have worn the same shit. And I, I wouldn't even call it... I'm not even depressed. I just have entered into a zone where I don't care. But there's a part of me that feels guilty like I should. But I don't. Is that me just trying to overthink it? Probably. Maybe it is. There probably is something that I am overthinking a little bit. But typically, I'm someone, I get bored with stuff very easily. I always try to change it up. I always try to change my routines and shit. But for the past seven, eight months, I've had the same routine. And I've been very content not being in the greatest shape. I've been very content in not eating the best. I've been very content in not really lifting really weights more than a few times over seven months. Because even when I try, it's not that I can't push through it. It's, why am I doing this? Do I really want to wait seven months to look good again? Or would I rather just do other stuff? And the reality is I need to find a way to do it all. Speaking of doing it all. Never uh, never had a threesome. Never been in a polyamorous relationship. Now, I think it's fair to ask. Um, wow, this episode just got explicit. In case you guys haven't gotten the notice, I don't prepare at all for this. I try to be as genuine and as spontaneous. And I don't try to be too prepared. The only thing that's prepared is what I'm going to say for the joke. But, wow. Anyways. Is someone that is that is not into having threesomes with their partner, right? Let's say you have a committed relationship with someone. They want a threesome where they invite uh, another lovely lady to the bedroom to, you know, touch their hips and let them know that they're not here just to tip, if you get what I'm saying. Because you paid for a prostitute. Okay, that's the joke. Anyways, but, or maybe you'll cost some blood, but someone may leave with a little crip. That's crippled, and I probably should make gang-related jokes in a sexual manner. But, anyways, it does it make you insecure if you are not open to inviting, if your partner truly wants someone else in the bedroom because they think it'll be a multi-dimensional you know they try to convince it'll be a multi-dimensional it'll enhance our love it'll enhance the energy in the bedroom and it and if you can have sex with your partner and someone else and trust them what can't you trust them with or you could just like Fuck someone else and not invite them to your partner. But whatever. But does it make you insecure if you are not open to polyamory or a threesome or multiple partners in a bed with someone that you're committed with? Does it make you insecure? Because in today's world, um, if you are not fully accepting of 
someone's love, then you're just insecure. That's kind of the drift I pick up. It's everyone should just be open. It's like, oh, really? So you're telling me if uh, some guy lets you put three of your fingers in his booty hole and you find his prostate and you hit that uh, quote-unquote amazing g-spot and you try to use medical terms to convince them like hey i just want to pleasure you and like any girl that's never pleasured you before just open your cheeks and let me you know go three fingers deep even four because you know maybe maybe he primed it like a lawnmower when you prime it and shit gotta prime the hole and all that is that really what you want you really want to see your man Having an intense orgasm. Because you're going. Knuckle deep. In his booty hole. You're telling me you're going to look at that man the same. You're really going to sit there. And never question his sexuality after that. Because let's say. Hypothetically. He loves it. Why have your three fingers when he can just. Get a full-ass penis in his butthole. It's plenty of apps. Word on the street is there's a lot more people in those apps than you'd think there would be. On certain apps that you would be surprised. Why have your three, five foot five, 140 pound white girl fingers when you can go online and get a hog in his booty hole? Oh, yeah, not only did you find the G-spot, but you found out another G. Your boyfriend's fucking gay. You want to open up the room? Fine, open it up. You're opening the floodgates. Except, you know, maybe you'll let people stay at your place of care. Unlike Joel Osteen, who, you know, all it was was like a hurricane and floods in his own city and the people he charges four thousand dollars for tickets not exaggeration look it up they basically have like season tickets like against the local houston astros game except uh the sign that joel Osteen is given is um he's not helping y'all out he's not even helping the team out y'all are paying go to that church except when god when when god was supposed to reach his hand out to you and and praise and love you. Joel Steen's like, well, God said to keep you underwater. Cause even when you're underwater, God will pull you out when he is ready to. Even I know you've lost your house. I know you lost your grandmother. I know you lost your dog. I know one of your kids went blind because a piece of wood hit him in the eye like Ed and Eddie. But God's got you. But I guess, you know, God doesn't, you know, hold humans accountable for helping each other out, even though isn't that like kind of his teachings. But these billionaire pastors, when people actually need your words to come to life to actually help them and not just spread the gospel and charge people hundreds and thousands of dollars and scam them at these seminars and you look like a freaking... Joel Osteen looks like an artificial Play-Doh. 
design master, like one of those spaghetti Play-Dohs. Like if you were to squeeze the Play-Doh and the spaghetti red shit comes out of the head. That's what he looks like, man. Wrinkly old Play-Doh. Rub him like a genie and uh, pulls out the red carpet. Just uh, not the red carpet to his church when there's a flood in Houston. But whatever. <sighs> what do I know? I, I understand I'm not religious. I'm not supposed to speak on religion. But then if I can't, if by that logic, if someone who's not religion, religious can't have an opinion on someone who is religious based on the actions they do. If that is the logic we're going by, then who is a religious person to have an opinion about someone who is not religious? That's the logic we're going by. And I say that with the intention that if you notice literally with anything, someone can inverse the situation on you, they're technically right. Hey, I got you, uh, hey, I bought you some McDonald's because I want you to be hungry. It's like, oh, or you bought me McDonald's because you wanted me to continue being hungry, but you're disguising it as it being hungry because you know McDonald's food makes people more hungry. That's what's in the food. It's all about how you approach it, how you think about it. All right. Sorry, got a little too preachy there. Uh, I guess you could call Joel Osteen an impastor. Mm. <laughs> Clint, Clint, Clint. Stop it. Don't go after God. I'm not. See, unlike... You know what the irony is about religion? Oh, here I am talking about religion. But I don't like to talk about the actual religion because I, believe it or not, I respect people's... Reasons to believe whatever they're being taught or whatever they want to believe because you know what? I look at religion like a it's really like a one of those mindset books, right? If a mind if you read one of those self-help books and from the outside it looks corny as hell, but if it brings structure to your life and it makes you feel more at ease about life and it makes you feel hope and shit, you know what? It's not a Terrible thing. Whatever helps you become a better person, I'm all for it. What my issue with religion is when it feels like people truly stopped actually trying to indelve on the belief of it and they become blinded by it. And they disguise their actions in life and always use religion or God as a crutch for bad decisions. Meaning, no matter what I do, I know what I'm doing in the moment. I know that what I'm doing, it's not right. I know I'm screwing over my kids. I know I'm embarrassing my wife in these streets. I know I shouldn't be eating this sushi. I know I should get a better laptop. I know what I need to do better. But God damn it, Jesus. I just can't. 
But you will forgive him because that's what you taught. Forgiveness is key, right? Only God can judge me. Um, when you start saying the only person, the only thing in this world that can judge you is something that you won't see until after all the damage you have done to people who actually have to deal with, quote unquote, your lack of judgment of yourself, ironically, then that's when we have a problem. Because it takes the accountability from you. It takes your ability to truly identify your actions and make them better. And you can always hide behind pressure. And pressure is what builds character. Pressure is what makes you a better person. Pressure is what pushes you to an edge. Pressure is what makes you truly change. When you're fat, when you're a fat ass, and you're 12 years old in school and you're getting bullied and shit, you are tired of feeling the pressure of going back to school every day and being made fun of for your weight, being made fun of because you probably get no pussy, getting made fun of because you probably bring your own lunch to school and eat the school lunch. Pressure builds up, man. But you know what? Getting shit on all the time and being held for your actions. You know what it does? Makes you uh eat some apples. Makes you go running once in a while. Makes you uh go outside and hoop with the boys. It makes you eat sandwiches instead of meatball subs. Cold cuts. Cold cuts, man. That's a weight loss saver. Makes you think about what you put in your body. Makes you think about all the soda you're drinking. Because of the pressure from your peers to be better. But see, we get too caught up in how someone... How someone says something to me. How someone applies. See, there's a certain way you gotta apply pressure to me. The whole point of pressure is you don't get to dictate the pressure. You don't get to dictate if it's tearing you down. You don't get to dictate when the pressure comes. You don't get to dictate how long that pressure will last. You either rise above the pressure or the pressure will compound you. Like a, like if you were to get run over on Mario Kart when someone gets the big star thing and they just run you over like Big Peach or some shit. Like pressure. Pressure is what makes you. Damn. It's actually bars. But I'll finish that take with this. Rolling back to um, people who use religion as a crutch. People will disguise their religion for their actions. And their actions are defined... Because of what God has given them. Whatever helps you sleep at night. There are certain things that quote unquote God gives you. There are certain innate things about yourself. But there's also a lot more things about yourself. That you genuinely can do the better. Yourself. 
And it only bothers me when people are constantly affecting other people negatively. And their reason for not being more aware, or even if they are aware, and their justification is like, well, only God can judge me. It's me versus the world. I don't need no one to tell me who I am. I'm built different. No one can tell me what I can accomplish. Only God has the canvas painted out for me. Well, when you do that, you lack accountability. You think you're above people who are literally your peers, who are who are literally made by the same higher uh, higher being. We'll just say. Ironically, is people like that typically want the benefit of the doubt. They typically want people to be sympathetic and people to be understanding of their issues. But then they aren't understanding of people issues with them when they're issues that cause their issues. I realize when you say it like that it doesn't make sense. So basically what I'm saying is that when someone is so lack a daisical about what their actions or how they go about things and how it affects literally people they're closest to in their lives and their lives and people that they affect. And when they affect those people and that person brings to their attention and instead of them being aware, maybe they won't fix it today because there's no pressure to fix it. But when it is needed to be fixed, when back is against the wall and shit hits the fan, well, God will take care of it. Only control what you can control. God will take care of the rest. Yeah, is he going to take care of the house you're not living in anymore? As a man, is he going to take care of a... You losing uh, paying alimony all the time, paying child support, never seeing your kids. Is he going to take care of that? Or could you have just stepped up and took care of it and fixed it? But you relied on someone else having it made for you. Someone else will take care of it, but you always stress about being in control of your destiny. But then when you actually needed to affect the ending of your destiny, you failed. Ironically, practice what you preach. Jesus Christ, no pun intended. But I respect religion. I've been to church. I've dated girls have been to church. Almost every girl I've dated, I've, they've been Christian. And I've gone to church. It's actually impacted me a few times when I've gone there. That's why I respect the religion. I respect how a community like that can actually make you um, 
it makes you, it can make you understand the idea of community and why it's important. Of things bigger than yourself. But then unfortunately, I've had friends who uh, preach about church, but they don't live their life as anything resembles resemblance of that. But I'm going to get off church and God because I feel like the more you talk about something, it could be misconstrued and misunderstood. Um, speaking of misunderstood, have you ever sent a text message that, uh, you 100% meant to send to that person? You 100% meant it the way that it is said, and there's really no other way it can be interpreted than the way you texted it. Like if you say, Hey, thinking of you, winky face. And they're like, wait, what? Because you haven't talked to them in like three and a half years, of course. And you come back saying, oh, my bad. Wrong Tiffany. But you did mean to send it to that Tiffany. Why can't we just admit when we... Try to recapture an old flame. It's normal. It's normal to text someone that you had a thing with three or four years ago and text them the huge, hey, it's crazy out here. I miss the way you used to send me good morning texts of that booty. But then, you know. By the way, there's nothing wrong with a fucking great ass. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. What is wrong, though, is when the person that has it, the person that has it, is not deserving of it. And more importantly, it matters when the person that gets that ass is not deserving of it. And by ass, I'm not talking about butts. Where am I going with this? (sighs) When I was 17, I was uh, walking in my neighborhood, taking a nice little jog after school, had my scoop of peanut butter, put my shoes on, did my stretches. And then... As I'm walking down the cul-de-sac and I always run, you know, everyone has like a starting place. When you run in your neighborhood, this is for the shout out to the people that run in your neighborhood, suburban neighborhood and shit. I live in a cul-de-sac. I know it's pretty standard, predictable and stereotypical. I walk down to the stop sign. I walk down to the stop sign, do a little skips, get a little juice go. Once I get to the stop sign, here we go. Then I start running every time. Then guess what? I run till the next stop sign because I'm asthma and short of breath. 
then my checkpoints are always the stop signs. There's stop signs around, spread out. So I went past this one stop sign. And uh, there was a limo. A small little limo in the neighborhood. I don't know why. But I was running on the right side. And the limo was coming behind me. So I walked over in the grass. And it was tinted. It was about 4.32 p.m. on a Thursday, I believe. Sounds about right. And as I'm in the grass area, the passenger window comes down. The limo stopped. And it was this fine 33-year-old Cuban mama mia. Mamazita. Oh. Let me get the hot tamale and flip it. Ooh, and then steam it and sear it like a mushroom. She says, Hey, what are you doing running in these streets? May I remind you, um, typically when people say run in these streets, it typically has to do with rough streets, you know, very uneven, unpaved streets. Maybe in questionable parts of town. I'm in a uh, pretty safe, standard neighborhood. Safe as it can be. The only illegal activity we had was a 29-year-old drug dealer who was living with his mom and used to come over and ball. And he was okay, but to this day, he's still living with his mom. But I digress. The lady says, hey... What you doing in these streets? I look at her as I'm holding my iPod Nano with a green cover that's not even fully covered because I got the wrong phone cover case. I always seems to get the wrong size for. I always get the wrong size for things that uh should cover things. If you get my drift. And she says, "Hey, next time." Wear underwear. I was wearing shorts. But technically she is right. I wasn't wearing underwear. Because see from behind. My uh, sweaty cheeks were. Busting through. The backside of my shorts. And that's when I knew. That's what a bra must feel like on top. Certain bras, I guess. My thing is like, why is it okay for her to wear breasts? And why is it okay for an older lady to go to a beach or even walk around and wear a shirt with nothing under it? I can't go commando. Now, I get it. My shorts were see-through. But in my defense, it's only really see-through if you really want to see-through. So yeah, that's the end of that story. There really wasn't anything eventful. She just saw my bare cheeks with no no underwear. Just my white Asics $9 pair from Target, which you probably shouldn't wear commando because I don't even... I think that was actually the first time I wore those. 
and I didn't even wash before. That's probably why I got rashes in my inner thigh a good bit. Hear that or, you know, what is it, gout? Can you get gout in the crotch? I know you can get in the feet, but speaking of the feet, I've taken a lot of L's in my life. Yeah, a lot of L's. Um, like one time, a, a girl would play the limp biscuit around me as a, uh, she was trying to give me a hint about my limp biscuit because, uh, it was dry, like my humor and uneventful, like the night we had and we were together for three hours, but nothing eventful, pretty uneventful. I think, uh. Oh, God, it was like, it was the first date I went on after my first girlfriend. It was like a rebound date, right? I remember, I was uh, 19 and a half. Yeah, I remember numbers pretty fucking well. 19 and a half years old, your boy was. I took this girl out named Michaela. Gorgeous girl. Um... She was about like a 7.3 out of 10. Maybe an adjustable 7.7. Samuels would say. So uh, I took her to Chili's. And I know that's like a run and joke with me. But I'm not kidding. I took her to Chili's. Chili's is a mainstay for me. Chili's is like the perfect place to take someone where you can have an enjoyable meal. And you still feel like the person is there because they want to be there with you. You don't have to worry about you. They're only there for the because you're spending a lot of money on them. You also don't have to worry about, oh, well, he's just taking me to this raggedy place, like this cheap ass place so he can hot cross buns me later and, you know, play the three finger on the recorder. One, two, three. One, two, three, three, two, 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 one, one, three, two, one, one, two, three. Hot cross buns, basically, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, I took her to Chili's. I asked her out because I was working at a McDonald's at the time. She came in like every Friday with a couple friends of hers. And one day I was out there cleaning the lobby at about 7 p.m. And she was giving me the eyes. And by the eyes... All of us guys know the eyes. Whew. So she gave me the eyes. I came over and uh, pretended to wipe down the table that didn't need to be wiped down right next to her. I went to the table that actually was clean when there was a table right by that one that actually needed to be clean. But I went to the one that was closer and pretended to get a ketchup chip and stain off of a table. Just so I can show her my triceps flexing while I'm wiping this table down. And I said, hey. I'm loving it out here. I know, corny as fuck. At the time, even that was shitty and corny by me. But hey, I'm telling the story of what happened. I don't leave shit out. She giggles with her friends. I think they're giggling because, uh, oh my god, they're so flat. Or really, they were probably laughing at me thinking that this guy thinks that shit works. But then, I know the next thing worked. 
So I sit down while I'm working. And I say, you should uh, take us to Chili's tomorrow night. And the reason why I said, by the way, the reason why I say you should take us to Chili's, because I didn't have a car at the time. So my pickup line was, you drive me to a place that you, with the dude you've never met. And the place I decide to impress you with is Chili's. And guess what? We went to Chili's. Had a little small talk there for a little bit. Got her phone number. Told her to pick me up at 6 the next day. So she comes, picks me up. Believe she's driving her mom's like 4Runner. Green 4Runner, probably like 19, probably like 2001. Not a bad car, but you definitely tell it was a hand-me-down. But it was cool with me. So we go to Chili's. We pull up there. Small talk's actually going well. No one was nervous. We actually had a little bit of flow going, you know. Just got paid that day my $230 check from two weeks. Man, those were the days. I get that like a day and a half now. But, so... We walk into the Chili's. Hostess sits us down. Sits us down. On the left side. Fairly packed. It's a Saturday. Fairly packed. We sit down. Waitress comes. I get a sweet tea. She gets a Diet Coke. Um, then we start, you know, shooting the shit. Ask her about a, uh, ask her about her shoulder workout because she had abnormally big shoulders, but she wasn't a workout warrior, nothing. She just, she was just built. And then she asked me about, you know, why did I have the courage to ask her out, and why did I ask her to go here specifically? And I, you know, I just gave a basic response I said well Chili's is the epicenter of anything meaningful that happens to anyone in any life I've never heard a bad story or uh, someone having trauma about something that happened at the Chili's never heard that it has a long list of success so as we're sitting there She asked me, and I will never forget this to this day, never will, it was by far to this day the best, most interesting question I've ever been asked on a date. She asked me. Do you like back acne? Not do I mind it. Or. She said. Do you like. Back acne. Like it's a. Like. Like it's supposed to be like a. Kink or something. I've heard a lot of kinks. Um, Back acne. 
It's never really won. I mean, I'm sure people are in the feet. People are into people with abnormal joints. People are in the people that can flex their elbows in 18 different directions. But she had a lot of coochie. She had a lot of coochie to be asking that question. But man, I said, well, I wouldn't say I'm turned on. But I can't say I'm turned off either. And you're probably wondering, why Why would I say that? Do I really mean that? The answer is no. Of course, I don't mean that. But as any young man, when they genuinely like a girl, they, we look past some shit. You know, when you're younger, you let a lot of shit slide. That you wouldn't as you get older. You, you ignore all the red flags. Because the only flags you're trying to get is the checkered flag. To cross that finish line... And that by that finish line, I do mean, you know, the T.I. Hyman thing. But, so, back to the story. She said, well, all I can say is that that's encouraging and that's a sigh of relief for me to hear. <clears throat> and I ask... If you don't mind me asking, which honestly, I don't even know why I would preface that to her because she shouldn't mind anyone that is willing to conversate about that because simply that would be a topic that most guys would move on from. But if you don't know me, you would know. Well, if you don't know me, that means you don't know me because if you know me, you know. Now I'm interested. I got to know. I'm going to push the envelope and probably to the point where you're going to want to leave the date. So I ask her, if you don't mind me asking, do you want me to pop it? And she kind of quirks and smiles. She's like, oh my God. She puts like her head or she puts her hand on over her uh, forehead and stares down and you can see her legs starting to get close. She's starting to get a little nervous because I think she, she knows I cracked the code. She's like, well, the reason why I asked you if you are into back acne is because I don't have back acne. And I'm like, Wait, you don't have back acne? And you made me admit that I would be okay playing and kinking with your back acne? And this is the day that I learned what she said next. This is the day that I learned about the trauma and the BS that us dudes put on some of these girls from a young age. And then we wonder why when they get older, they're into some weird shit or they feel like they got to do weird shit or be into weird stuff. She said, well, my uh, ex, who I was with for about four months, he, um, he left me for a girl. Like, he didn't just, he flat out texted her, her story. He texted her one day, randomly, everything was going fine. Hey, and I quote, hey, 
I'm leaving you for blah, blah, blah. I forgot the name, but she did say the name. And of course, she's going through the mental motions like, what? Like, first of all, why? how is that you reveal to someone? And she's, of course, the natural instinct is, why not me? Why her? Why not me? Why her? He said. She lets me pop her acne. From behind. And I'm not going to lie. I felt that. I can understand where that man was coming from. But. Anyways. If you want me to summarize how the rest of that night went with this lovely lady. We uh. I had some honey chipotle chicken crispers with seasoned fries, corn, mashed potatoes. Uh, I think we even got dessert. Oh, we did get those Southwest egg rolls. Staple at Chili's. If you don't get Southwest egg rolls at Chili's, um, you should honestly like be banned. Like, like they should give out those Southwest egg rolls. Like when you go to Golden Corral and get the bread, or when you go to Olive Garden with breadsticks, you go to um. You go to Longhorn, you get the bread with butter. You go to Red Lobster, you get the cheddar biscuits. Like, that's what the Southwest Egg Rolls at Chili should be. That's the only change if I ever run and operate a Chili's. Shout out to Chili's, by the way. Southwest Egg Rolls would be the complimentary thing you give out. Like it's bread, like it's chips, like it's crackers. You give that shit out. Give it out like it's water. Keep on refilling it. But. So. Summarize. Ate dinner. It was a little awkward after that. Energy kind of changed. Because in my head I'm like. I'm starting to question. Do I want a girl with back acne? Hmm. Is this guy. What does this guy know that I don't. Or is that what he told her, but he didn't want to tell the real reason actually hurt her feelings. But she was hurt. I mean, she, she was hurt by it. You could tell. So over the course on the way home, right? On the way home, she pulled over into a parking lot because she... Didn't have to be home for another like 40 minutes because of curfew and I didn't have curfew. She was like, I just want to see her and talk. Nothing sexual, nothing crazy. We just genuinely talk. And as I'm talking to her, I'm looking in her eyes, her beautiful neon yellow. Her neon yellow greenish eyes, I believe. I know the color in my head. I'm trying to. It's like an aqua yellow green, if that makes sense. I'm looking in her eyes. And I can just, you know, sometimes you just look at someone and you just know this person will never be the same. That situation affected her forever. And it will forever. She may be like, how come I can't have bumpy skin? Why do I have such perfect skin? 
he left me for someone who was literally more rough. Someone who's willing to get rough with him. So we're sitting there in her car, her forerunner. And halfway through, I'm ignoring everything she's saying because I'm drawn by her beauty in a way. But I couldn't get out of my head. What if I do like some acne? What if someone with too smooth of a skin is not for me? Maybe this guy's ahead the curb, you know. It's not who was theirs first. The person is theirs for, the person that does something first is going to get the most criticism. But then over time they will be shown as right and everyone else that does that after, no one's gonna look down on because they'll be normal. This dude was Elon Musk. No, no, let me take that back. I I did the whole fucking analogy wrong. This dude was Nicholas Tesla. He created... He created the company Tesla. All this great knowledge. He was ahead of the curve on shit. But Elon Musk perfected it. And has made... Essentially becoming one of the most richest men of all time. Him and Jeff Bezos just switch out alternately. Like some Cocoa Puffs and Fruity Pebbles in the drawer. And I'm like. Maybe I can be Elon Musk. So. She drove me home, dropped me off, and uh, I never talked to her again. Not because I blocked her, not because I uh, didn't want to. I remember I did text out a few days later, and uh, she left me on red, like the pimple on her back, like the acne. She left me on red. And, uh, that one hurt. Kayla, if you're still out there, shout out. All right. And we're going to wrap this up with, uh, I'm going to leave y'all with the saying today. Those who love those in need, those who give will always feel shoved. Wipe your skin like a good bar of soap from Dove. You tell them you will never have enough. Be above what they say you are. Tell them what you're not, but most importantly, tell them what they wish they were not. Tell, don't tell them the stories you plot. Let them plot their own holes so they could fall in. Like it, but they're not. Tell them the joke's on them. 
They're the ones that get got. Let them be a banana peel on your countertop and rot. Tell them they can get their feet in sand, but they can never play ball. Sand lot. But also let them play. Because see, those who are afraid to get God just want to play along to make you feel like that they are. But hey, who are we? We're just some people trying to feel alive in moments that feel like they're not. But let someone take their shot. You may be down by five in a pickup game, but you will win because you made that person feel something a lot. When all they wanted was to feel a part of something, but lately it feels like they're a part or something. Maybe time flies, but you don't have to fly with it. Time, in a way, is just a number. But in also other ways, it's a moment in time. There's colons in it for a reason. Because sometimes when you get your colonoscopy, shit flushes down the drain. Just don't let your friendships do the same. Wow, I literally just improv that shit. Not gonna lie, that was probably the best part of the whole fucking episode because I sucked asshole. But not the gay kind. I would never let four fingers on my asshole. If you're gonna do it, do it right. If you're gonna do it, send it in a Gmail. Because G Mel, like G spot, in a mail is your booty hole in the email. Gmail. <sighs> wow. I just fucked it all up there, but whatever. All right, guys, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, remember to follow Spotify. Remember to follow my IG at OffenBeats, O-F-F-N-B-E-A-T. You can get your joke of the day and other shit on there. Also, subscribe my YouTube channel where you get the rap series, the poem of the day, um, the joke of the day. And I'll probably start posting audio of my podcast on there as well. And you can see some old videos of my old show and see how far I've come. Because the old shows were pretty bad. But uh, remember guys, wear two pairs of socks at all times. Life lesson. You'll thank me later. Ooh, yeah, baby, can I get a little boo? The space between. Good night.